Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. You stare at this head in a box as your eyes start to glow pink. And your energy starts to kind of increase and start to ripple off of you like flames kicking up tongues of fire above your head. I think everyone notices and moves back from you. And as they do, you find your mind again in this frozen space where in front of you is a glacial cave. You look around and it's cascading blue light in every direction with the light and the reflections sort of rippling around these beautiful shaped ice sculptures, ice forms that this cave is created of. Beside you stands clear, and he walks slowly next to you as you continue to move towards this shadowy figure frozen in ice in front of you with four glowing eyes. What do you say? What do you do? Um. Professor Carmichael sends his regards. 
Miller, as you're running, you release Grinlings out of two small mouths that form on your hands, and they're these small little pinkish purple eggs. As they hit the ground, they immediately burst little tiny tentacle legs and start speeding ahead of you very rapidly and behind you and in every direction available. Probably close to uh, 40 or 50 of these things go out. Some of them go back into the tunnel where you came from. Some of them make it to a vent to the outside and some of them make it up ahead. And immediately Grin says, Ouch. Oh, don't go to the left. Uh, it's filled with black snakes. I believe they're made of that dust stuff. Black dust. Uh, just a lot of them. Ouch. And it's very, very unpleasant. Uh, yes, keep going. Keep going. And as you keep running, some of the Grinlings make it to an outside vent. And this is all happening as Monday is darting down the fire escape. And suddenly just hundreds and hundreds of black snakes start raining down on the fire escape and springing across the traffic, bouncing onto cars. You see cars spinning out of control. Some cars are exploding and they're trying to make their way onto a giant, massive, flying silver chrome gunmetal gray flames in the front semi, which Monday is dangling off of one side with a single hand. And what you realize and what you get from Grin is that the Black Rose assassin is attacking you guys with hundreds of black dust explosive snakes. Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dust World Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dust World RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted, but secretly he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well then you're in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. Well, shit. <laughs> so I'm going to say Monday is going to go and kind of scoot in with the driver there and try and steer the truck away so that the snakes can't jump on. So I think some of the snakes have already landed on here on the roof. Okay, Monday is going to see if he can get rid of them with his sword then. Sure. Are you trying to do damage or are you just trying to kick them away? I'm going to use Schwartzwave and blast them off. Okay. You're on top of the back of this semi, right? Right. And you release a key wave and you hear some smashing sounds happening from within the container underneath your feet. And also some cars start swerving away from you. Uh, but these snakes don't seem to be bothered by this at all. Monday's going to swing at one and see what happens. It's also preparing to jump off and flash step if it goes badly. 
Okay, are you trying to damage it, or are you just trying to get it off of here? Uh, knock it off, essentially. Then roll face danger. Whoa, All right, nice. We did it. An 11. Uh, yeah, so you kind of jump into the fray next to these two, and is your sword kind of more in the bow staff mode? I'm going to say he actually forms it into like an oar shape just to smack him. An oar? <laughs> think, um, think Musashi. Okay, uh, yeah, so you got like a pizza oven like thing for putting the pizza in and uh, and it just forms a big fat flat oar, almost like a shovel and you just go whoop, whoop, and they both just go flying right off. No problem. <laughs> uh, you do hear clambering happening from in the container underneath you as if things are like have been knocked around and are getting up. I think with that, we're going to cut back to the Miller crew. Uh, Miller, Clarence and Tuck and Clear are all making their way through these tunnels away from where they hope the action is and towards safety and freedom. Clarence, you are in the Psyscape. What you doing? Survey my surroundings so I can find out what the source is of this energy like I did before. Maybe I can find a box. Okay, great. You got a nine, so hold one. What is of use or valuable to me here? Okay, and specifically you're trying to find like some sort of container? I, I, I'm looking for the box you came, etc., etc. Yeah. Okay. So as you find yourself out of your body and flying around in the skyscape, uh, everything, you know, looks a little more negative, sort of like a photo negative almost. You can see energies glowing from people's thoughts and you, you can pick up other espers in the area. And as you continue to make your way up and around as you're looking over this building as quickly as you can, um, how much time are you willing to spend to find this box? Honestly, I am sick of this, dude. I'm willing to spend a decent amount of time. Okay. So I think uh, this does take you a while because you're trying to look over like a whole building. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. you're you're just trying to like look in a room. You're, you're well, I mean, can I just go up top to a point and you can. This building is like hundreds of floors high, and you can get there pretty rapidly. But uh well, so basically you do. You make it to the top. There's nothing out of place up here. Nothing that screams like evil villain was here. Um <laughs> and I I think because of that, then you started making your way back down the building. How much time do you want to spend doing this is what I want to know. Because you definitely can find, you know, something of use and valuable to you. But it depends how long it's you want to spend. I, I do what I want to figure out the mystery of this guy because he's just. Fuck him, you know? OK, so I think this takes you like 20 or 30 minutes. Um, yeah. So as that's okay. happening, well, see you guys later. <laughs> so uh, next episode, <laughs> clear and everyone else is, continues to make their way down through this, these tunnels, these access maintenance tunnels. Okay. So, you know, there's nothing on the roof, you know, your body should more or less be safe and you can also contact clear easily at any time to return to your senses 
And so I think you're determined, right? You, this determination comes out of like, yes. I'm going to find how is, are they finding us? What's happening here? And, uh, and so you start at the safe house. How do you work your way out? Like, what is your strategy? Okay. It's not on the roof, but it has to be delivered here. Maybe through the garage or if there's a cargo bay or anything like that. Okay. So your first thought is you're going to explore like a cargo dock or the garage. Yes. Okay, which one first? Cargo bay. Okay, so you go to the cargo bay and you look around and you don't notice anything immediately. But what you do see is a um, a kind of drone. You notice that there's these different package drones and some of them have a, a deployment system which can go into these chutes on the side of the buildings that you've noticed. And they're actually like these vacuum tube shoots. And so the drone will interface on the side of the building and then release the package into these vacuum tubes. And I think that this gets your mind thinking like, oh, maybe this is what's happening. What do you think when you start to see these drones? All right. That's probably how they did it. This person seems fairly adept with technology if they're able to hack Silent Monday's computer. I'll start looking... Well, um, should I start looking um, for the tubes or something like that? Or Yeah, I, I think that would be your, your next... Okay, so guess. I start looking for the tubes. Okay, so you start moving around the tubes, especially focusing on the ones on the floor where your safe house was. And as you get to the outside of the building, you see a different sort of drone. It looks more militaristic and it's kind of like black with sort of this gunmetal sort of, like I said, militaristic kind of vibe to it. Almost looks like a spider with these hover sort of wings and it's latched itself onto the side of the building right over the tube. And there's actually like four or five other drones sort of waiting for this thing to move. And you see that there's a container like that's attached to it, that it's just forced into this tube and it's not quite the right size. And so it's just kind of like busted in there. I think we found our culprit. I'm going to try and use psychometry on that drone. Cool. So roll plus instinct. Okay, cool. You got a 10. So on a 10 plus, the keeper will reveal a useful bit of information about the object and one extra pick. The extras are see where it's been, feel the last big emotion felt nearby, see who made it, or track who had it last. Track um, so who had useful, it last. Well, your useful bit of information about the object. Uh, okay, so you look at this drone and you reach over and you can kind of like see this uh, the psi essence of it almost like everything has this field, this energy to it. And as you interface with the field of this, you immediately sense that this is a Klein tech designed drone. Uh, you kind of get some quick flashes of, you know, it's being put together and how it works for some black ops military units 
uh, this style drone and stuff, how they were designed for that. Um, but this particular drone seems different in some way. Okay, so because of these, uh, the extras you have, you want to go with track who had it last? Yes. Um, so I think it's a little bit up for interpretation. I could see it being interpreted two ways. One is like you're able to sort of pinpoint where this particular person is like in, you know, sort of geographical location, geographical space. Or the second interpretation is more of like reveal who it is, like see them. Um, actually, I guess that would probably be more see where it's been. So I think for track who had it last, like literally you don't necessarily know anything about them, but you do get a sense of where they currently are. Or would you rather see where they've been, like where it's been so you can see who they are? Don't I get both or uh, just one pick? Oh, damn. Oh, but you get extra picks if you want to spend sanity. I'm willing to. I'm willing okay. to. I'm willing to lose my mind over this. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to see where it's been first or do you want to track who had it last first? Probably see where it's been and then track them. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So first you find yourself moving rapidly through the city. And as you do, this drone starts to go up and up and up until it flies into a semi-translucent vehicle. And as you enter into this vehicle, you realize it's some sort of almost blimp type thing, but that it has this optical camouflage projected on all sides of it, making it almost invisible but it's very clear to you because you're in this size state. And as you enter into this vehicle, and so this is like you kind of replaying the memory of it. You're not going there physically or psychically right now, but you see it going inside and being like loaded into uh, like a container. And there's several of them, probably like 10 of them, um, five on, on each row and then a middle walkway down the middle. And above them, there are these two hoppers that are full of black powder, black dust. So as you're watching this drone, sort of time replaying, a man walks down this steel grated walkway. And as he crouches down, what you see is a, a smooth chiseled face, fairly handsome, he has goggles on his forehead. His hair is black and slicked back. He's wearing a black trench coat that has sort of military-esque strapping all over it. His chest is covered in a bulletproof vest, tactical gear style vest. And you see also down his sides on either pocket that he has a gun on one side and he's just fitted for SWAT, for tactical. He looks ready for battle and he leans down and he's working on the mechanics the inner workings of this drone he obviously knows it very well and and knows his way around it and you see him get back up and walk away 
Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on So there you have it. You have a description of what you're looking for. He doesn't really talk to the drone. Do you want to continue kind of going further back in its memories or what? Not really. I'd like more to find out about this guy and also find out where he is right now. Okay. Okay. So right now you find like as you've seen him and you sort of have a sense of him you're able to send out this kind of psychic ping into the Psyscape. And as it returns, it gives you more or less what feels like his current location. And he is about uh, 20 kilometers away from you and also up. You assume that he must still be in that flying, optically camouflaged dirigible. Can I get there in Psy form? You can. You fly quickly, but it's not like returning to your body. It will take you time to move there. Let's start with Miller, since I don't think he's done anything this episode. So Miller is, um, I guess he's with Clear. So does Doc know that Clarence is, uh, Clear has taken over Clarence's body? I think just because of positioning, because Clear's in the front and then Doc is in the middle and then Tuck is at the end that he wouldn't have seen his expression change. So I, I think he would think it's still Clarence. Doc is also trying not to get murderized. So, um, yeah, Doc, you're kind of busy, kind of busy. Um, Doc is trying to keep an eye out. He's following Clarence. And I say that with quotation marks, he's following Clarence's lead. Um, just trying to get the hell out of there as quickly as he can. Yeah, I think with the help of the Grinlings, you pretty much know the exact course to take. Yeah. So I imagine you're just shouting orders up ahead to clear yeah. slash Clarence as he's running. Yeah, exactly. Um, Doc is basically trying to keep his panic from taking over, that this guy is still hunting them and that they're, you know, that his victims... There, there is wasn't any evidence that he was ever there. So he's kind of like, all right, all right, all right. Now, Clarence, just uh, keep on going and uh, uh, make a left up here. Sure thing, Doctor. I wouldn't want you stabbing me in the back as I'm running away from you or anything. Okay. I don't know why I would do that. You know, your propensity for eating people's heads. Perfectly good heads. Oh, shit. 
He's aware that Clear is in Clarence's mind, so I think at this point Doc would probably realize that uh, Clear's in the driver's seat. Yeah, I think there was a moment in the heist where Clear took over and he confronted you, and so I think that you are aware this can happen. Listen, Clear, this is not the time to have it out. You know, in case you didn't notice, we are being chased by a serial killer, so you think we could maybe talk about this another time? Sure, I'll just forget that I'm dead. No problem. Mm -hmm. Besides, this is quite entertaining. I've never been chased by killer explosive snakes before. You know what? This is just the worst timing of all. And you know what? I'll be more than happy to apologize profusely in the future. But can we maybe not have it out where we're being chased? I mean, maybe any any other time. And Doc is still running and like pointing to his Grinlings, you know, like giving them directions. Yeah, and Clears didn't stop. He's been running this whole time. Yeah. He's kind of fucking with you a bit. Oh well, sure. Oh yeah, he is. Doc is Doc is just not having it. This was a bad day, and it's only gotten worse. So, well, I mean, he's gonna follow Clears' lead, but as it becomes more populated, as you, he starts seeing more people around, he he realizes that any of them could be the Black Rose. So he is going to, do you mind if I roll survey your surroundings? No, Just go survey for it. My, survey my surroundings. Okay. Yeah, you still have your plus two because you got Grinlings running out into this crowd. Yeah. Or as people start to refer to them, land squids. <laughs> land squids. The majestic land squid. Um, Doc gets an 11, so I feel like let's go with what is my best way to traverse, break in, or escape. And what here is of use or valuable to me? Okay, so you're just trying to escape the snakes? Yeah, anything that I can use. I'll give you a little bit more on that. What here of use is valuable to me can be interpreted like what's something I can use to escape. You know? Okay. So that you definitely could neo uber it you could hop in the train like you know probably like 50 feet from where you are you can access the um the hyper tube you could (laughs) hijack somebody's car if you're into that sort of thing i would like to call a neo uber because i figure it's like you call it and it's there yeah like basically it's it's like uber now you know, like people are just circling populated areas waiting for somebody to call them. Can there be like a button where you pay extra and it's like right effing now? And it's like <laughs> <laughs> call the, the nearest Uber driver and they will like drop everything to come and get you. Like in, like if you're trying to get out of a firefight, they will show yes. up. And, but it's like exorbitantly expensive, something like that. Yeah, so... You open up your eye brace and uh, the app opens and then you immediately send a request for Uber, Neo Uber, and it goes out. Uh, I think moments later an Uber shows up. But before that, let's figure out. So that would be your best way to escape Neo Uber. What's valuable or useful to you? Um, I think as you look around, you see that there is a huge um 
garbage can dumpster sort of situation cylinder thing that you could move in front of the doors that you just came out of. And you think that it would make that a lot harder for the snakes to get out of there. Doc is going to say, clear, can you help me with this? With this dumpster? Oh, hey, uh, no problem. I got the muscles. Tuck, Don't worry. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Tuck. You know what? Honestly, uh, I, I'm glad you're here. You're yeah, good. I could tell you're probably in your own world, you know, with the whole murder thing. No problem. And he walks over and he starts pushing what? this big trash can in, in front of the door. Not you two. Not you two, Tuck. Is everyone taking the piss out of Miller? Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> Miller is. Hey, hey I'm just saying, you know, you pretty much ignored me for like 20 minutes. But, uh, you know, I'm, it's cool. I'm carrying the valuable thing. And, you know, you guys are squabbling over who... You know, did who in, who zeroed who, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not into it, but whatever. You know what you know what, Tuck? When we when we get safe, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you uh drinks are on me. All right, Tuck. Nice, that sounds pretty good. I yeah, mean I I'm, think you're a pretty stand up doctor, so you know, I I, I just imagine it distracted. some sort of crazy mistake. Plus weird squids fall out of your like fingers and shit, so you know, that's gotta be that's gotta be some kind of terrible condition, right? I mean I saw let's uh some let's weird leave it shit. At that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Um okay, and uh, and while Tuck is is Tuck's pretty strong, right? Yeah, he can move it with no problem. Okay. Doc calls uh, Uber and he presses the right effing now button and it, it's probably like five times as much. But maybe someone <laughs> nice. like shows up like immediately, like pulling into the marketplace. <laughs> yeah, they like they like come from above and they yeah. just like crash into the ground, like the ground right in front of you. The door opens up and uh, and someone's like, hey, did you order a Uber? It's here, baby. <laughs> Please tell me he has a pompadour, whoever this driver is. <laughs> no, I was thinking Doc Brown style. Okay. Okay. So he opens let's go his, with that. He opens his DeLorean and yeah, and, exactly. Yes, it's a flying just, DeLorean. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, where Doc is going, they do not need roads. <laughs> so where we're going. We don't need roads. All right. Come on, Marty. Oh wait, you're not Marty. Get in the car. I think this was a bad idea in retrospect, but you know what? I don't know. This guy seems pretty tight. I'm, I'm hopping in, baby. Okay. And he, <laughs> he he lets clear go and doc um taking one last look around before clear gets in clear says this seems like it's going to be incredibly entertaining i'm excited yeah yeah all right doc takes one final sweep around and hops in the the car that cocaine built <laughs> <laughs> all right is everybody on board <laughs> yeah yeah so we cut back to Silent Monday, who is sitting in the passenger seat of this vehicle, this crazy chromed out gunmetal gray, silver flames on the side, Optimus Prime looking semi truck. And across from him is a totally mecked out dude. Like half of his face is cybernetic. He's got like three eyes on that side, like three camera sort of things. There's wires going everywhere, wires for dreads, his arms. Both of them are, are uh, cybernetic. He like looks over to you and he's like, 
<laughs> What's up, man? Monday's gonna like stare at him for a second, then shoot him a thumbs up, and then point to his uh, his uh, cybernetics there. He just gives you a thumbs up, and he's still driving. He's like what? Like one of those of the three eyes has kind of like turned to the side of his head so he can watch you while still looking straight ahead. Um, and there are all sort of readouts going off on his dashboard as like cars have swerved and you can see cameras from all sides of the car and more snakes are like coming and like wrapping up cars and pulling cars together. And like, there's just like, uh, you know, essentially like four or five cars have made a giant car snake and it's slowly like enveloping all of the cars. And you see people like in the windows, like pressing against the windows, screaming. Okay, whoa, that's that's pretty, uh, that's messed up. Monday nods in agreement. Uh, some text is gonna pop up on Monday's chest. So what are we transporting out of curiosity? Uh, we're not transporting, man. Who are you? Uh, it's, it's the mechs, man. We're the mechs. And he like bangs his chest. Right, right. It's been a while. Still an initiate. Monday's kind of playing it up like he's with them. <laughs> he does sort of look cybernetic. Yeah. Uh, ro roll sway somebody. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Monday going to level up? <laughs> oh, you got an eight. Okay. Um, so they ain't sure. You better prove it. Monday's going to like look for a pen or something and kind of just like uh, pull his suit aside and then with iron skin kind of just stab himself and watches <laughs> the pen breaks. Okay. Uh, are you spending key for that? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I get the feeling things are going to be bad anyways. Yeah. Well, it lasts for, uh, for a An scene, entire scene, but... so... Uh, yeah, so he sees that and he's like, oh, nice, nice. And he like taps his chest again and he's like, We're rock solid, man. I mean, metal, metal solid. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. You got to be a sweet ass mech to be able to get in, you know, like a car while it's moving and shit. Cool, cool. Uh, what's up with these snakes, dude? Monday is going to say corporate assassin. You know how it is, man. Fuck. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, hang on, hang on. And he like hits the dashboard and like the screen turns to what you assume is a look inside of the container truck. And it's like six of the most mecked out looking guys you've ever seen. Like they look very similar to Wrecking Ball. Like Dude's got a, a Gatling gun arm. Another guy's got like four arms on one side and like some support bracers. Uh, another guy's like uh, really sleek and just has all these like burning hot dots all over his body that seem like they can move around and shoot lasers and all that. And uh, and as the monitor comes on, he's like, hey, uh, hey, guys, look alive. There's some like corporate assassin bullshit behind us. Just blow it all up, man. Cool, cool. And uh, and you just see like all these guys like giving a thumbs up and then the truck folds open from the top uh, and they just all start going apeshit on on all of the snakes. OK, so roll plus five. And uh, we'll do a normal like so a full successes. They just hit snakes. 
a mixed success is that they hit some civilians. A fail is oh cool. You got a fourteen. That's a fifth. Yep. Yeah. So these guys, they just clear the 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 town. They they are just lasering, bulleting, freaking tomahawk throwing, like picking up chunks of metal off of the the freaking truck, hurling. Like one guy, like freaking sprints off and lands on the giant snake car situation and just starts like flamethrowing and the, it just starts sending off explosives all over. But because it's kind of a, a sheet around it, it doesn't destroy the people. It just kind of like blows up off of it. It looks ridiculous. What is Silent Monday doing? Monday's kind of just observing this and kind of. One bit odd, two bits kind of just relaxing there for a moment. Glad that, you know, he's not having to run for once. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, he's just vibing. Okay. Okay. Well, with that, let's cut back to Clarence Wells. Uh, you have made it to roughly where you sense this force coming from. Um Roll Surveyor Surroundings to lock in on him. Ten. <laughs> nice. Uh, probably what? What's your? What's not what it appears to be? Or what's of use or valuable? What's use of valuable to me? Okay, so why don't you just hold one then? Yeah, so as you look around, you see this like vaguely uh, transparent blimp type shape. And yeah, you're you're able to more or less detect where it is and move into it if that's what you want to do. Do you want to ask any other questions before you go in? Not yet. Okay, roll face danger. I tried. I tried. Cyblast works every time. Seven nine. Okay. Yeah, cyblast will work. I believe in cyblast. Pretend um, as you're trying to attack Monday. <laughs> uh, okay, so as you as you're moving towards the dirigible to go inside, you notice a thin layer of psi repulsive energy, just like in Kaiser Rex's office. And as you go to move in, you let's see, the worst outcome is you do go in, but you're going to take substantial damage moving through the field. Uh, the price to pay is you can enter in, but none of your side powers will work on the inside. Um, and the tough decision is you can go in, but you will immediately be detected and you think he has a way to counter psychic things. He can damn well try. I will allow myself to be detected. Okay, so as you enter through, it definitely takes a toll on you. So take one harm. And uh, I think this harm manifests in your body, like your nose starts to bleed or something with Doc and, uh, and the others. But as you do, you enter into, well, where are you going in this dirigible? So um. it's, it's a dirigible, you know, so there's a big sort of balloon section although it seems like it's not actually a balloon because it's full of like all of this gear and stuff. And then underneath there is 
sort of a deployment section. And then towards the front of the dirigible, there's some kind of, uh, you know, like bridge pilot bay. Um, as much as the bridge is tempting, I think I want to go where the black dust would be. Would that be in the deployment section? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you go down into this black dust section. And uh, so essentially it's what I described before. There are these two hoppers and underneath the hoppers, there's a set of five drones on each side. It's about uh, a 10 or 15 foot walkway with metal grating on the bottom kind of tubes underneath it and these deployment pods so that the drones can drop. You you said I could set this on fire before. Yes. I'm going to try and set these these funnels on fire. So you have one hold for your survey surroundings left. You are trying to create friction. You feel like any sort of uh, like you've feel physically uncomfortable being in this place. Like your psychic self is having a hard time being here. Uh, Like somebody is trying to push you out. So it's taking a lot of concentration just to be here. Um, And you also, you don't know this, but you were detected. So I think one of the things that happens as you entered that uh, you hear sirens going off um, and there are a few footsteps, sounds of footsteps moving around in this dirigible. I guess I want to know what's of use to me so I can uh, start this fire. So you can start the fire with telekinesis. You think if you pick up a couple pieces of metal and strike them together hard enough or if you find a grenade or you know like a bullet or any sort of useful incendiary um but you do feel like using telekinesis here it may be very bad for you or be incredibly hard well we do it not because it is easy but because it is hard um i'm gonna do telekinesis (laughs) roll telekinesis god montresor Nine, damn it. It's it's minus two, whatever you roll. Well, it's still a seven. Yep. An object becomes a bullet. Or whatever. Um, Do I want to use... I kind of almost want to use sanity to protect my elf. Honestly. Yeah, you could do that. I'm willing to lose sanity because... I mean, as far as I know, I'm running. (laughs) I can't let my body get encumbered. Okay, so you're going to do fine control. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens is, Clarence, as you pick up two just random pieces of metal with your telekinesis, you feel this intense pain in your psyche. And you can feel it like literally wearing at your psychic self. And your feet, which were sort of standing or floating in this space, have started to disintegrate uh, so that you feel like you're fading and as this is happening you're you're so focused on making this happen do you say anything or like what what are you presenting like how are you making this happen 
I'm kind of trying to conduct it like an orchestra, but like I'm kind of, you know, I feel like crap. And I'm kind of like, ah, ah, you know, almost like I'm like invisibly trying to like cook, sort of, like in dealing with ingredients, but they're all falling out of the pantry. <laughs> so it's just like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. As you're doing this, from one side of the deployment section you're in, you hear footsteps coming towards you, and you see a figure wearing a sort of SWAT-type gear, but it's got white, plasticky-looking plating, and they have a, a white helmet with a black visor on, and they're carrying a weapon, and the weapon has this cartridge sort of visible spot in the side of it and it's some sort of rifle type weapon and you see this glowing pink energy coming off of this rifle and they raise it up and they say don't think we don't see you and as they do that you hear another set of footsteps behind you and you see this man you saw before this sort of handsome, chiseled man with slicked back black hair and a long black coat wearing this tactical gear. And he walks out and he says, Hey, how'd you get here, you fucking sidekicks? And with that, the spark goes off in the hopper and we cut to the outside of this invisible dirigible and out of one side, an explosion happens, blowing out good half of this hover vehicle, creating fire and sparks in the skyline. I'm imagining it's flying in front of a massive, like 300 foot tall LED screen with a woman on the side of the building trying to get you to buy some sort of liquor as these sparks rain down over the traffic below. What happens to the crew? So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games. Talk to you soon. Remember, play on.